Today's episode is sponsored by Zegama Beach Records, who have recently released the new album by Pittsburgh's Ed Hockley, titled Hirelander. For carefully refined riffs backed up with an assault from two entire drum kits, look no further. It's the band's first new music in nearly a decade, so you don't want to miss it. Also available from their sibling label Tomb Tree is the new cassette from Kansas City's Horse Boy. If you like your screamo with super weird guitars and frantically distorted vocals, this is the one for you. Grab these and other fine releases at zegamabeachrecords.com. Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Before we get started, though, I'd like to remind you we have a Patreon page, where for as little as $3 a month, you can sign up to get music sneak peeks, zines to read, and so much more. That's patreon.com slash human machine. And now I'd like to play something for you. You're hearing Bend by Lockslip, which comes off their new self-titled EP, which you can find on Bandcamp. I sat down with my old pal and former Hoosier TJ, who plays guitar in the band, and my new pal, their vocalist Sarah, and had a nice chat. was about five years old and my parents are obsessed with Aerosmith so I was I was raised by my parents Tom and Nancy and then also Steven Tyler was just kind of always on the TV right so I vividly remember their song Eat the Rich which sounds super badass and based but I feel like if you l- listen to the lyrics it's probably not as like that <laughs> I'd ask the bass as it probably could have been. But I remember loving that song when I was a little kid. And my mom tells me that I literally would go and take like pots and pans from the kitchen and like set them up as drums in the living room to like play drums, like along to the music videos and shit. So I think I'm going to have to give that to Aerosmith. They're the ones that made me want to play music. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I remember having, um, the uh the 10 gallon like um plastic buckets that like food you know like industrial grade food stuff came in that i would um and then like later like you know it's funny when you see people like busking with those and they're like they turned them into like legit instruments mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, I i like to think maybe back then like uh i was i was I had something. I had some skill, maybe, but no, not really. Um, what about you, Sarah? Well, that's very funny because I definitely use the like. My dad would buy the big Maxwell House containers for coffee, and I would always use those as drums with like chopsticks. So, oh, awesome! <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, I'll I'll do the same sort of thing. Yeah, you gotta just start with like whatever you got laying around, and then 
most of mm-hmm. the haunts or something. I don't know. Um, still using those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good question because I'm not sure. I, I mean, specifically, I remember being like, I don't know, 13 or 14 and like just belting out Thursday songs in my bedroom. So definitely something like that. And um, I know it sounds like an easy one because I still believe like my favorite band, but like the first time I heard Converge, I was like, I got to yell harder than Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And that's funny that we got to Converge like so quickly in this conversation because that was like a big thing when I'm like listening to Locksley for the first time is I'm like, how did we go from house Olympics to this? <laughs> right. Which is, and it makes sense, Sarah, you're like Converge is my favorite band because, you know, I read in an interview before where you're like, basically like, well, I just sort of saw that they were looking for a vocalist. So I figured, you know, what the hell I'll, I'll check it out. And then you show up and this band sounds like they're kind of going for the same thing as your favorite band. Like, well, this is a no brainer, right? Like, but, um, that's not so much as a question, but back to the actual question, like TJ, like how do you go from 2017, you release the house Olympics album, you wind (laughs) up in California and you start a band that sounds like this. Like, what was that journey? Like, like, was it, it obviously was like, um, a, a, a decision. It wasn't, it didn't just, it wasn't an accident. Right. So. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, yeah, because I guess for for people who who don't know, um, yeah, because, you know, like House Olympics was very much just more in like the twinkly emo, screamo sort of Midwest count your lucky stars like that whole scene that was going on back then. And, and, you know, like that that music like really was like a formative moment for me, like back when I was like, you know, late in high school, early college, I was really into that type of music. Um, But, you know, before before I got into like all the, all the emo screamo stuff, I, the first like kind of heavy music that I really loved was like hardcore. I really was into like bridge nine records, like a lot of like straight edge bands and stuff when I was in high school, like that was, that was like the shit that I really ate up when I was like even younger. So I've always been into like heavier music and stuff, but definitely when I was in college, took a big left turn listening to like screamo and everything. Um, but yeah, like just my love for heavy music definitely has just like kind of grown over the years. And then, yeah, like after House Olympics kind of unofficially broke up, like because, you know, I moved to California, Nick moved to Japan and then Dwayne moved to Chicago. Like we all just went our separate ways, you know, um, just living out in L.A., you know, L.A.'s hardcore scene's just like insane. There's just always so like there's obviously there's Sound and Fury um, there's just so many good shows happening all the time. And, you know, for Midwesterners, that is just such a blessing to be like, there's six shows happening all the time. It's, and you don't have to drive four hours to go to one, you know? So I think, you know, since being out in LA, I definitely, my, I, I definitely returned to like hardcore heavy music just for what I was listening to a lot. Um, and, you know, bringing up Sound and Fury, I actually, I, I kind of, credit that festival for kind of being that spark that reignited me wanting to be in a heavy band 
because I went to to it like a couple years ago, and um, at that point, Nick from House Olympics also moved out to California as well. We're roommates now. Yeah, I was and, like, I was like, what, did they move out there together? Like, what happened there? <laughs> no, so so he he moved out in like 2019. So he lived in Japan for a couple of years. He was teaching English out there, and then. Okay. Um, he was trying to move back to the States and he like messaged me like, should I move to LA or New York? And I was like, please move to LA for the love of God. I need some friends out here. I literally made a PowerPoint for him to convince him why he should move out here. And it worked. <laughs> so I'll, I can send you the PowerPoint. if you're curious. <laughs> um, But, but yeah, basically once he and I were out here, I just felt that itch, especially when I was at sound and fury that you're like seeing just, you know, everyone just going crazy. Like, like, you know, stage diving and going, going nuts and stuff. And I was like, damn, I really miss playing live music, like in that sort of like heavy setting. So that's basically like, but that, that was just kind of like what started lock slip basically. Yeah. Was that a stretch for Nick to like, to go for, from, or was this just like, Oh, y'all, y'all just have that, like, you know, where you're, like bouncing you're used to each other like bouncing ideas off of each other and stuff or was it like i gotta get good again like you know this is fast or like was there any like learning curves i guess or anything like that um i I would say the biggest learning curve that came for me and nick was just like it was more of like a gear thing just kind of learning how to get just a heavier tone get the twin reverbs out of here Let's like, <laughs> yeah, like literally, literally before we started the band, Nick, Nick bought a Vox AC 30. Like that's like his dream amp, um, which he's is still using. Um, like, I don't know how many heavy bands use AC 30s, but like Nick is using an AC 30. Oh, wow. and, it, and it honestly sounds pretty sick. Um, but yeah, I would say like, just like that was the biggest learning curve was just kind of technically like that. Cause also, you know, when, with house Olympics, we played in, Basically, I think he played an E standard and I did one of those like dumb open twinkly tunings. I don't remember off the top of my head, but now we're playing in like drop B and everything. So just learning kind of that style more. I think that was the the biggest shakeup for both me and Nick. Yeah. Um, Sarah, do you feel like there was any sort of like learning curve going from like entry to to this band? Like a million percent. (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to say like people might think like, oh, like what? It's like fast, heavy music. Like like how much different could it be? But other than viscerally, because like viscerally, I feel like you're – at 1 million percent in both bands but like but just i don't know as someone who does vocals a lot like i i'm like well aware that the approach is completely different and i even you know i'm like this there's a deliberateness to the differences in the approach here so like what did you have to like just sort of rethink how you do things from the very beginning or yeah i mean i kind of went into it trying to be you know my usual efforts the way i do things but it just didn't quite work i think one of the things is that the songs are longer i'm really used to like a 58 second song or (laughs) (laughs) so you like write a couple lines and it's done but then this was like okay i've written what i wrote and then i 
there's like a minute left of this song. So in that regard, as much as I was not wanting to be vulnerable and ask for help, I then decided to let TJ help me. So we actually had a few writing sessions where we would kind of bounce stuff off of each other. And that was super helpful. So now I know going forward, I absolutely need his help. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I've never done before ever. I've like always do everything by myself, but, um, so lyrically, yes, I needed a little bit of help with that. And then just really just the timing. I mean, you know, all the entry stuff is just pretty straightforward line by line, you know, verse, chorus, whatever. But these songs are like seven, everything like 17, eight or what, you know, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that stuff either. Like my bandmates have to tell me like, Oh, you did this in whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. I guess. Is that cool? Like, tell me if that's cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. So it was it was really just like because I I think I'm not I'm not trying to say this is exactly what you felt, but I I've been to that point before where it's like you're like okay, like um I feel like I got like I said what I needed to say in this song. So how do I fill the rest of this out? Was it that generally? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like pretty happy with what I had, but then I'm like, well, that's all I've got. So yeah. what do we do now? You know, so, but it, it was, it was nice uh, working with someone else. And I didn't think it would be because I was just scared of that. Or even, even showing someone lyrics before a song is done. I'm like, I don't even want them to see them afterwards. So <laughs> like, <laughs> then like having to read them out loud slowly, like, was, and I was being was really mean about it too. I bet. Mean. Yeah, I bet you were. That's what everybody always says about you. You're so mean. Um, <laughs> like as soon as you left Indiana, everyone had a party. Like, thank freaking goodness that jerk is gone. And I wasn't invited to my own leaving party. <laughs> no, that's why. Because it was like you know we're glad TJ's gone. Yay. Um, <laughs> but no, it's so yeah. It's it's really weird because like you know lyrics. It's like. Sometimes you can read lyrics and you're like, and there's that sense that they're good, whether they're in context of the song or not. Like, I feel like there are some lyrics that I read that are good. And I'm like, it like, wow, this would be good if it, even if it wasn't a song. Right. But like, I don't think my lyrics have ever been that, you know? So like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never read my lyrics to anyone and I can imagine that being a very like ooh I don't like this you know but um yeah, yeah I mean I'm gonna be more critical probably than anyone else anyway because I find myself listening to songs and later I'm like what does that even mean or you know like yeah. other people's songs like they just wrote stuff and it's and I love it so it doesn't matter that much but to me it does you know yeah yeah that's I mean and that's something there's something that's been coming up a lot lately, which is like the idea, excuse me, of like if you if you write the lyrics well enough, you shouldn't have to explain the song. And like that's I think that's valid, but at the same time, like I really like just enjoy um some songs that like I don't think make a lot of sense like um I mean 
I don't know. I guess like Jets to Brazil comes to Vermont, comes to mind. You know, like what is all that shit? You know, I don't know what the fuck you're <laughs> saying, but I love it. I'm like, this is great. These are the best lyrics I've ever heard in my life. You know, um, yeah. and also some of the worst at the exact same time. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, lyrics are so weird like that. Like sometimes I'm like, I just want to say, I just want to say the shit that I want to say, and I just don't care if it makes any sense. I don't care if it makes sense in the context of the other stuff that I've said. And then sometimes I'm like, I hear people and they're like, well, if you, if you write lyrics good enough, then you shouldn't have to explain the song. And I'm like, then I'm like, I'm crushed. I'm defeated. It's all, it's all pointless. I lose, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's, it's like just writing lyrics. I feel like in general is a pretty vulnerable experience. If you have like, anything less than a uh infallible like ego you know like yeah if you are one of those people then i guess you're good you know it's like whatever nothing nothing can bother you but anybody else it's like yeah um there's, uh, there's yeah. not really a question there that's <laughs> uh but um that's cool that y'all are able to just like bounce ideas off of each other and and there's not like a you know there's no like weird dynamic or anything i i don't um i don't think i've ever done that i think that would be like that would be amazing to just be like ha, just to have a that other perspective and just like let like i'm always like i guess you like what's that uh what's that term where it's like you're uh delineating like you know just like i don't know um no matter what it is like if you are able to delineate like some of the responsibilities like it just makes it easier for everyone you know i don't know that's why i don't always i don't always um get the whole like thing i mean i do get it because i i can play drums but like when people are like and then the guitar player tries to tell you what to play on drums like i would love that <laughs> i'd be like yeah show me what to show me what to play and then like what if it didn't make any sense but then what if as a drummer you took that idea and made it make sense and came up with like something really wacky you know like i think that's right. there's always a possibility of that too you know like have yeah. somebody have somebody just like mouth a guitar riff to you and it's and and you can translate that into an actual guitar riff that would be like amazing and i kind of do that to myself all the time like do have you ever like do you ever uh in any of your projects sarah like i'm not sure do you play an instrument as well or um i play a little bass and like i definitely like for entry again it's like a lot simpler music i'm still wrapping my head lock slip musically like how to write that sort of thing but for entry i'll like sometimes be like play this kind of drum part like i do like to do that a lot but um like i wrote i wrote a little bit of the entry stuff yeah on bass and that we use like the riffs and everything but so i'm just kind of getting more confident with like bringing music to the table because before i was like it probably sucks but i was like well i'll never know unless i show someone and then it's like one exactly of my we did yeah. ended up being like something wrote, so that was cool yeah uh, yeah and i mean like realistically i think it all sucks until <laughs> 
it's like done, right? Like, do I have either either you ever experienced that as well? Like you're recording something or something, and you're like, I don't know if this is it, and then everybody puts their thing down, everybody does it, and then you're like, what? Like, why was I why was I worried about this? This is awesome. I mean, yeah, I would I would one hundred percent agree with that. Like that's that's so much of the writing process, I would say for Lockslip, um, you know, everyone kind of puts their hand in it a little bit. And you usually, I guess like as far as like the, the workflow or whatever goes, I'll, I'll kind of be usually the first one to bring like a riff to the table, but I'm, I'm not like super savvy when it comes to like playing in weird time signatures and stuff. Um, or just like making a riff like super complicated or, or just like, you know, really polishing something, but it all, I'll kind of be like what you were saying, Eddie, just like having just like a riff that's like in my head and I'm like kind of mouthing it to myself and I'll like make something that kind of sounds like that. I'll present it to the rest of the band. And then, um, usually it's our drummer, Noah, who is sort of like the mad scientist who is just like very, very good with all things, rhythm and time. And just like, also just like very good with like song structure and stuff as well he's kind of the one that can kind of help breathe a little bit more life into the song. And then, you know, Nick is fantastic with like coming up with like his leads and everything. And then, and then also our bassist Joe, he also brings all the, that great heaviness. And like, he's also an absolute encyclopedia when it comes to like all things like metal and like music history and stuff. So he's just got this like wealth of knowledge that he can like add on to stuff too. And then obviously of course, Sarah's vocals and stuff. So, Hey, I, I will. I will say I've contributed a little bit to making sure that someone doesn't change it eight hundred times. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the That's other problem we run into. Recorded like a whole song and then you want to change it again. I'm like, it's pretty good already. Let's I think we're good. We don't need another minute. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But but yeah, to go back to the to the question, yeah, like we're. I'm I'm always just like my my initial riffs that I come up with. I'm like. I'm happy enough with them where I can show them to other humans, but then definitely want to bring them to life a lot more. not a this is not a serious question although it is a serious question like there's always like in my mind there's always the okay like there's a there's a few spots on y'all's ep for example where it's like um i don't know if this is going to come across right when i'm like explaining it but there's there's like the heavy part of the riff and then at the end there's the part where it goes right and like that's where the drummer comes in isn't it because it's like you all need to stop doing the first thing so you can do the nittling and who decides where you go into the nittling like is that done beforehand <laughs> Like, is there counting involved? That's what I always want to know in in bands like this is like, where do you break to the ninolin in it? Are you are we are we saying, okay, this is seven out of ten, jun 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 
and then the last three are the ninalinlin. And how how does this whole uh, how's that all work out? Does that work in? Is it like a thing where, you know, Sarah? Uh, Sarah seemed to say that things get changed a lot. So is it like you come in with this idea, like you have the riff, maybe it's not all the way fleshed out, and you're like, I want to have this part. It's like it's really heavy, and then towards the end, it tapers out into this like little chaotic thing. Like how do we make this all happen? Or is it kind of just like you said, you bring pretty much the, the whole thing, and then it just gets tweaked? Yeah, I I would definitely say that it starts. The riffs that I bring to the table usually are the version that is done by like a five year old, like very just like basic to the point sort of thing. But I also do it like very deliberately because I know that like there's other good musicians in a band that can like help bring a little bit more life into it. And I feel like it's also just like an efficiency thing where if I spend like all day trying to think of like the perfect like part, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna waste my day because like I feel like that's not really kind of where I shine with that. Um, but yeah, I'll kind of bring the baby version of the riff to the table. And then it's usually Noah. That's just like, what if we put in a weird time signature? What if we like add a bunch more leads? Like, what if we do this? What if we do this? And then it kind of becomes this like crazy, um, just like cornucopia of riffs and leads and just craziness. And then at some point, then we kind of have to figure out where we want to taper it back. A little bit so it's not so like it's it's still like enjoyable to listen to and it's not just like you know just us showing off how good we are at our instruments and playing in time because we just want to write like fun sounding songs that like people are into as well not just like we don't want to be like a prog metal band <laughs> basically yeah. Yeah. um sarah's shaking your head to that <laughs> no we um, do no we don't no I, is that a yes <laughs> no prog no, metal. we don't okay. no, no I, prog metal here i actually um, I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of funny because not our newest album, but two albums ago, um, we, we were like, definitely like, we're like, we're writing, we're writing a prog song in this album. And, and I was like, yeah, prog screamo. I don't know really if that's like circle takes a square comes to mind, but like, you know, other than that, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We have a, we have a song or two in there where I'm like, yeah, we we i yes i clearly was listening to a lot of uh peter gabriel area genesis at the time uh that i wrote this and that's fine but um yeah thanks for successfully answering the goofiest question that i've ever (laughs) 191 (laughs) episodes and i'm like i get just laying out this goofy stuff uh i'm always down to go goofy don't worry yeah (laughs) um so you know like uh, this this question is kind of like out of nowhere, but like uh, Sarah, like wh- like I've actually like um, I've actually like been following Entry for a while, and I was like, oh, I should chat with someone from that band, and didn't know until like we set this up that you were in both bands. Um, y'all are like always on like the feed like it's always like y'all are so busy was that a consideration when you were like gonna join this band where you're like i don't like maybe i just won't even have time or not really i mean we we had a pretty busy last year but overall we're we don't do that much every project or work and 
we really like injury will, will probably never be like a full-time thing you know it's just like with everyone else's obligations it's really hard so we do what we can um but i mean i just want to play more and i was like another band sounds great that's awesome and i like this music so that's yeah pretty- <laughs> yeah i i guess um sometimes it's like uh, you know uh, from from an outsider perspective also it can seem a lot busier because you may be seeing like you may be seeing like three or four different sets of photos or something from the same show so you're like whoa this band's like plays constantly or you know like maybe that was just like my uh understanding of it but like y- y'all definitely did you know you released that seven inch last year on uh convulse and um and it seems like there's you know been some shows and everything um Lockslip still hasn't played a show though yet is that correct or okay that is correct yeah um yeah, we, we were trying to, to set something up like towards the end of this month um, just to do like a little first show release show sort of thing. But it's been tough. Um, and that's, you know, one thing that I can say as a Midwestern boy moving to the big city. Uh, it's a lot harder to set shows up in big cities, I think, um, which you would which would feel kind of like, I guess, like counterintuitive because, you know, there's more venues, there's more promoters, there's more bands. But just because there's so much more supply, I guess uh, that just, and also since, like you said, yeah, like we're a new band, we haven't played a show yet. We are still kind of struggling to like, kind of find, I guess struggling is not the right word, but we're just being a lot more patient than we thought we were going to have to be, which is like finding those first couple shows, Mm -hmm. Um, which we do have, we do have like one show lined up, but to be determined on, well, I guess, like, you know, we just can't, like, announce it yet because yeah. the promoter hasn't set it up yet. But stuff is, like, slowly coming in. Yeah, it's it's like when you're trying to book a tour and you should do it six months in advance. But that's, like, every show for y'all because that's just how it gets booked up, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you were, like, that's the the adverse to, like, you're, like, there's a sick show every night. It's, like, yeah, there is. And, like there's all these bands that want to play all these shows all the time. And so that, that booking just gets that, you know, far ahead as far as all that goes. Like, um, like we got asked like in like, um, I don't know, October or something about some shows in California. And I was like, we, we, like we talking about, we're talking about next summer, you know, (laughs) but it it made more sense because that was like this Mm -hmm. festival thing and but i was just like next summer i'm like yeah i don't i don't know if i'm gonna have like 50 dollars next week let alone like you know <laughs> um plane 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 tickets uh in right uh, in july or whatever you know um but <laughs> there you go. say what i got time to save <laughs> yeah yeah it's um yeah i don't know it's it's just it's it's wild. It's been a it's been a long time since I've been in the like active um trying to book shows. Like at, at this point with everything that's uh gone on in the last year or so with like my family and stuff, it's just like I'm in a position where it's just like if people want to ask, then that's fantastic, but I can't I can't like go looking as much, you know. Um yeah. And yeah, it's it's like it's it's just wild like you're like um 
like you spent like all this time getting the EP and everything. And, uh, it's like, you would almost had to like, at, before you even had all the songs and stuff, you would have had to been trying to book that first show, you know, to make the thing happen at the same time. Um, but yeah, what, um, like about when did the, did the band like fully form and everything to where, you know, um, we have like an idea how this all, you know, how long this all took to put together and, and everything. Um, so from the initial idea of like wanting to start the band, that was like summer of 2022. Um, so it was like across like July, August, September, whatever. That's when Nick and I were finding other members. So Noah and Joe, we found both of them on Craigslist, which oh wow, holy shit, we actually like found you did good musicians the, yeah. that we vibe with on <laughs> Craigslist. Like it was, you know, hundred percent just like a diamond in the rough sort of situation. Like very very happy that it actually worked out. And can't say I always condone meeting people on Craigslist, but. <laughs> This time it, it very much worked out. Um, and and then, you know, we were also trying to find other vocalists for a while. So um, actually the band initially started with, um, I wanted my girlfriend Amanda to be our vocalist um, because she and I have always wanted to like start a hardcore band together. But as we started writing the songs more and more, they got a little bit more like technical, more complicated. And Amanda was just like, I don't think I can handle this. Like this, like I want to be in like, kind of like a band that does like short songs like easy just not like easy but just like you know something that's a little bit more user-friendly for a first band sort of thing yeah first bands are you know like yeah it's not necessary this isn't necessarily like conducive to that to someone's first band experience yeah and and, and yeah not throwing shade at that idea at all but that's just kind of like what sarah was, or not sarah that's what amanda was kind of saying that she wanted to do so tried some other people found some other people on craigslist who were not good fits um which we don't need to get into okay but... But, okay okay but we will um <laughs> what um <laughs> like like don't name anyone you know i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to you know bring anybody down or anything but did you have people that just like did not understand the assignment whatsoever like did you have someone that came and tried to sing like morrissey like what was the you know, what was the, yeah. the general, uh, what happened? We, we, we did have one guy. Um, we, ha we had one person who, who definitely like, they were like a friend of a friend who, you know, they just, they were good at vocals, but yeah, it was just not a match like stylistically. Um, but that, that wasn't like the, the bad experience I was talking about. Like that, there was one where we, we met someone on Craigslist and they were like a good vocalist. Like they definitely gave off sort of like um, Josh Skogan vibes, um, just kind of like the yelly like sort of thing. But personality vibes just were not. It was not a good fit sort of no. thing. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to like call. Yeah, no. Call I call the know. dude out for like. But yeah, like basically, he just kind of said some whack shit within like two hours of us meeting him, and we were just all like red flag, red flag, red flag, and we yeah. just. Yeah. You know, we finished, we finished like the, the jam session a year later though. Huh? I said better within like two hours than like a year later. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, so we knew right away. It just wasn't a good, good personality fit. So yeah. Thanks for being real. Whoever that was. And like letting you know right away, like, nah, this ain't it. 
Cause like, yeah. yeah, it's better than, it's better than the EP comes out and then this person gets on Twitter, you know, and exactly. you're like, Oh geez, like what the fuck happened? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I think, I think that's good. So yeah. Shout out to anonymous person. <laughs> um, but so yeah, basically at that point, you know, things were just weren't going well. So then I turned to Facebook. I, I just made like a random uh, Facebook post being like, Hey, I've got a new band in LA trying to look for a vocalist sort of thing. And, um, one of my friends, uh, back from the House Olympics days, um, tagged Sarah in the post because he was just mutual friends with both of us. So I stalked Sarah on Facebook, saw she was an entry, and I was just like, all right. So I, I hit her up, and she came over and jammed with us, You know, saw that we were not like too creepy or no, we weren't saying the whack shit, you know. So like, you know, they're vibes from were good Indiana, all but of us. they're not from Indiana, right? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, things were just good then. And then I, I would say what it was like. It was like last spring, like last like March or something, where Sarah came into the mix. And then last summer is when we were like recording everything. Had to kind of put the recording on pause for a while, just because you know entry was busy with like touring and doing a bunch of stuff. Um, just life stuff getting in the way, you know, as it does when you try to start a new band when everyone's, you know, a little bit older now. So it took some time, but we finished recording everything basically last this past winter, like December ish. So it's been a long process just to get four, four songs out. But, you know, we were very patient and very deliberate with everything. And, you know, we're super happy with just how it all turned out. Yeah. Hey. We even said before too. It's not even just that it took that long to get the songs done, but you're kind of trying to find a sound. Whereas, like now, you kind of have the vibe, and we can write songs like faster and more efficiently. Where then it was like, what are we trying to go for with this initially? So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, if nothing else, I mean, like, the EP, like, it definitely sounds like, you know you accomplished that you did that you put in the like effort beforehand to be like okay this is what you can expect and like it it does there it doesn't feel like at all like a first thing you know what i mean like it feels like uh it feels like any ep from a band that's already been releasing stuff for like three years or whatever you know it sounds oh, like very deliberate that. like you said it's like everything feels really dialed in and and it sounds like um i mean the recording is like impeccable and um yeah i don't know you know like uh it, it it's like it's it sounds very established you know it's just like we we've been doing this we know what we're doing and like it's none of y'all's first bands but still there's always that thing when they're, when it's someone's first release where it's just like, okay, you can see like they're kind of getting their footing and this doesn't have that feel at all. It feels like, okay, like, y you know, y'all sort of came out fucking stuff up and like you're ready to keep fucking stuff up, I guess, you know? Um, but, I appreciate um, it. <laughs> yeah, like, Sarah, you said that like, you know, you, you hinted that like since that, sort of establishing process uh was sort of finished or you know as finished as it can be in an evolving you know band or whatever um that it's been easier to like write songs etc cetera, etc cetera. so like 
are is that where you're at now like as a band like you know you you're you're putting some shows together you know and stuff like that but is it like okay now we're like gonna write an album another ep like what's what's um the idea from there um you want to take it sarah thanks go ahead (laughs) yeah we're we're trying to write an album right now that's that's current plan um but yeah it's still still very much early stages i would say but yeah we've been we got just a whole dropbox just full of riffs and shit that we're just trying to figure out where where the the riffs belong to each other um just yeah doing a lot of a lot of those first steps you know that we did with the ep as well but now like sarah said we we have a much better idea of what we want to sound like. We have that workflow, like the chemistry built from like working on the EP together. So yeah, like shit's moving a lot faster than it has before, which, which is great. Um, yeah, we're very, we're very excited about new, new stuff happening in the future for sure. Do you do that in a DAW? Do you just like hammer out like a riff four times and, and, you said there was a Dropbox, so is it just like people taking these things into a DAW and like literally putting them next to each other and seeing if it works, or a little bit of that and a little bit of like working things out live? Yeah, it's it's a lot of um, like when Noah and I are are writing together, it, um, it can kind of start with just like the two of us just kind of like riffing on guitars or whatever, or I'm on guitar, he's on drums, and we'll just like if we if we want to just like save it so we don't forget it we'll just kind of do like put down our our phone and just like record it on the iPhone or whatever and hopefully it doesn't sound too shitty but when we're properly like trying to actually like flesh out a song we go over to to his house because um he has like his whole recording setup like in his garage so we recorded everything with Noah he was like the producer on everything so he's got like his own little studio set up like in his back garage and stuff so yeah, like basically we just use Ableton at his house. We just kind of like set up some some plugins and I, I have like a decent sounding guitar and like he has all of his drums all mic'd up and everything. So we, we try to like demo stuff out like that, um, which has been like so nice because back in the House Olympics days, like we never did that shit. Like we would always just stick with like the iPhone recordings and just be like, yeah, I think this sounds fine. Like demoing out songs was just like not something that we ever even really thought to do. <laughs> back then so it's been it's been nice actually like being able to record something and then just like being able to listen back to it and critique it from that level you know Craigslist uh, there like to to where to where not only like you know this person's like solid and like a good musician but you're like also like got got like a producer you know situation out of the out of the deal as well yeah it's um yeah yeah we're 
we're singing his praises all day. So, I mean, if we're if we're able to do any plugs on this podcast, like if anybody in SoCal wants their band to be recorded, like hit up Noah. Like he he does shit so well. Yeah, I like I don't even I don't know how like someone excuse me, um with all those credentials as it were, like even like why why are you even on Craigslist? Like, it seems like they would be so busy. <laughs> they don't have time for that. Like, I, I can't take any more calls. Like, I just, you know, all yeah. the hats are stacked high on this, uh, on my yeah. head right now. Well, but, um, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for Noah, like entirely, but what I've kind of gathered is basically like, so he, he's originally from uh, Portland, Oregon, and he, he moved down to LA because he took a job down there and we met him it was like maybe a couple months after he moved to LA. So I think we just got him right at the right. Yeah. You, you right place, right time. And yeah, uh, yeah, it was just like, I'm new here. Um, I want to play with some people. And it was just like me, 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 me. Exactly. Didn't even know until it's, you know, and didn't we almost have it all placed softly in the background and uh, all that. But um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. This, the whole like uh origins of this band sound like just um somebody sprinkled fairy dust into the, its existence you know <laughs> like it all seems highly improbable like um as many times as i've been like uh yeah i'm looking for a vocalist on this project i've never had anyone come and you know like it with in to to uh to to Sarah's caliber and be like, yeah, I, I can probably do this. And then just like, rah, just like tear shit up like that. So, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I work with like lots of very talented people, but, um, like when you're just putting out a cold call like that, I mean, you've obviously had a couple of experiences to where you, uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. But, um, yeah, that's like, um, does it feel uh, does it feel like you is it intimidating that you're like okay now this is an album situation or is it just more of the same like is there a pressure um i think we're unnecessarily putting a little bit of pressure on ourselves like we cuz you know we just we put out four songs that we really love um, but we don't want to reinvent the wheel like with new shit because again, like we're we're a new band, like we don't we don't need to pull like a huge left turn like with the with the sound or anything. Like so yeah, you just got started. So Yeah, we just got started. So I think you know, I, I, I know I know for a fact because I just talked to him about it, Noah was like, I feel so much pressure to make the songs like even crazier and stuff. And I'm just like, right. bro, like let's just let's just have fun and just right. do what we've been doing. Just to go kidding i he everyone has a lot of pressure but i think that if we just stick to what we like it's fine and i think we could have had one song that people liked and they didn't like the rest but they're all pretty different and you know mostly everyone seemed to like the whole thing so yeah yeah sometimes i'm all for like experimenting with other stuff but i don't think that you need to change the brand you know i don't think that like okay we gotta like be better this time it's like what it better subjective anyway it's like just keep i don't know i think if you're just genuine with what you're doing it's 
that's what shows. And if people don't like it, then they don't like it. But if you like it, then, you know, we'll have fun with it. Yeah. 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 Sometimes there is, there is that, like, you know, like the EP has been extremely well received as far as I can uh, see. And so sometimes there is that sort of like, um, sophomore, like where you're like, Oh, how, how do you follow this up? Oh, you know? And, and like, I've written a lot of records and I mean, I'm, I always just, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I have to do something different or that I have to whatever, but like, there's always just that, like, I don't know, kind of like, are you gonna, like, I mean, this isn't relevant to y'all's situation because you literally released four songs. Everybody loves it and, like, whatever. But sometimes it's just, like, that thing where you're, like, are people going to like this as much, you know? Or, like, in my case, it's, like, I've, I'm, like, I'm, I'm almost, like, do, do people know when they lost it, when they just lost the plot? Like, do, they don't, right? Like, that's the thing, right? Because if you did, you'd stop. You'd be like, uh. So I don't know, fifteenth Coma Regalia album, and it's just like bluegrass or something, and and like you know, people are like, what? you've earned the bluegrass at yeah. this point. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but what if you did? And what if it was like really good, but it's not what anybody that listened to your band wanted? But what if it was actually really good? Like, yeah. who would be the judge of that? Like you. Like this is way off the rails now, obviously. But like, you would have to, you would have to find people that like legit knew about bluegrass and liked blue bluegrass to where they'd be like, this either sucks or it's good, right? Like you wouldn't, I don't know. Like, like I said, way off the rails. I don't know where that was going. But like, sometimes it's, it's, um, it is. Sometimes it can be like I don't think that with house house Olympics to lock slip that it was like this. Like I don't think you had any of your friends really that were like, yeah, I don't really fuck with this. Right. Like that didn't really happen, but like it could have, I guess, you know, there's always the, it was good until all the screaming, you know, like <laughs> there's always the mom thing where, you know, which is Shout just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, me, like m if my kids play music and I'm, I'm going to be the one that's like, well, it was good until there was no screaming. You know, <laughs> like, um, but, uh, yeah, um, that's just, that's just a thought I have sometimes. It's just like, we all gotta just like Sarah said, just like do what we're doing and be genuine about it. But then like, there's always that idea in my head, like where it's like, will you, will you know when you just like lost the plot, you know? Cause like, our ninth album like is not like our last one, but it's like the same. It's just like, it's just, it's just, it's not like it, but it's the same. But then our 10th album is like, like, it's not even going to like, I, I will not, if people don't like it, that's cool. Cause it, I will understand if people don't like it. Cause it's not like our other albums. It's, but it's just going to be fun to do. Exactly. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's you just got to decide like where you're making, who you're making music for. And, you know, you're ultimately you're making music for yourself first and right. you got to be fulfilled with what you're doing. And if people don't fuck that, then like, you know, that's fine. Yeah. But if you still like it, like that's cool. 
It's funny too to take that all in the context of like this is something that we as musicians are like offering to people for free like all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like it's funny to think about it in that context too like we're so worried whether people are going to like it or not. It's like it's a gift. Like they can take it or they can say no thank you. And yeah. that's also fine, you know? Um, yeah. I mean tons of bands change the way they sound and you know, if they're just making their own music, it is what it is, you know, but it's, it's more, I think you're saying the pressure of like, do we have to like go bigger yeah, to make yeah. happy or to keep them interested? I'm like, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that now there's more room to experiment a little bit if we want to say, no, people had interest in you know, trying other things, whether it's more electronic stuff or just like whatever it is vocally, whatever, but you know, if you change your sound because you think you have to is one thing, but if you, if you change it a little bit because that's what you want to do, it's just, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I look at Kevin. Kevin's like one of my favorite bands ever, and album to album, they're like completely different. But at the same time, you hear some of the same stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and just like for continuity's sake, if, if anybody's like, wow, Comoregalia is changing their sound on the 10th album, it's not that. It's just I want to write one I want to write one album that sounds like a certain thing, and that's what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, Kaven is a, is a really good example. I think there's plenty of examples. Like, I mean, one of the funniest examples to me, and I, I, I don't know if people are going to, necessarily have even heard this but like piebald was a screamo band (laughs) you know like their first ep was like a screamo ep and then like they sounded like what they sounded like which is like you know they were good like but um yeah i don't know that's like that that's i don't know if that's more extreme of a change than cave in or not i don't i feel like it is and it isn't because I don't know. Like you said, like with Kevin, you you can still, you can still see how that happened, right? Um, but yeah. Um, so you or all like have me without you as well. Oh, I'm really only familiar with like I guess. There's one album that I like a lot, and I and I don't really know that I know that they ever sounded different than that. I'm trying to think of like the. The one song that I really like off the, the was it like January 1979? Mm-hmm. That's like, first. So like, that's my favorite song. And like that album I listened to quite a bit. So like, is that not like, are they way different than that album as a whole? Or is that what they ended up sounding like? I mean, first, first like one or two albums, they were just like straight up, like kind of like a post hardcore band. Oh, um, it's very rock and roll. Part yeah. Oh, okay. But, but then, yeah, like, then, like, in the middle of their career, they, they definitely went down almost like this, like, folky, um, almost like an arcade fire sort of, like, direction. Like, very, just very extreme right turn. But then they kind of ca- came back towards, like, that heavier side a little bit, like, towards the end of their career as well. Um, but, yeah, they were just, like, all over the place, but in such a good way. Like, I, I think they, they did it so gracefully. Like, I, I love Without You. I don't know why this just occurred to me too, but like as someone from Bloomington, Murder by Death. Murder by Death. Yeah, because yeah. Murder by Death, they, they sounded, they were like, 
uh, an indie hardcore band. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they're a country band. Yeah. Much like, so that was a that was a big one. And that yeah, because they used to do shows with like Against Me and shit. And then... I saw them with My Chemical Romance when there was like fifty people there. That's sick. It was My Chemical Romance and like Strike Anywhere. Oh my god! Yeah. And it was in it was in a it was in uh, Indianapolis. It was in a, a a a barn like that had they built like two stages in it, and it was that band The Explosion played as well, and. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it's so a, weird. I saw them with Broadway calls, and I think the loved ones. It was like they play with like pop punk bands a lot. Yeah, that's so weird. That's awesome. Like back, um, yeah, back when like back right before some of these bands hit. Like you, like I saw at the drive-in and Get Up Kids together. Like oh my it, god, it was like I saw them in like Champaign, Illinois. I think it was champagne because like I, it was only like I had not been to Illinois that many times. Like I was new to living in Indiana and um, it was like at a place that was basically like a BW threes, <laughs> but like they just pushed all the like tables and stuff out of this one area. And it was at the drive-in and get up kids and that band um, uh, ultimate fake book. And Enough. and um and this band um Hot Rod Circuit. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And when my old band had played with Hot Rod Circuit before, so we like kind of knew them. And there was like fifty people there. And then there's just like this uh like bar like up in these rafters and people were just up there drinking like they did not care. They were just there to drink. And I was like when like relationship of command came out and everything and at the drive-in got huge i was just like i bet every single one of those people that were up there just drinking and didn't care about the music were like yeah i saw i had to drive and play once like you didn't care you know (laughs) we were down there like watching this we were down there watching this man do handstands right in front of us you know and it was amazing yeah but uh i don't know that you know that that went on a a uh, bit of a tangent but that's what we that's what we do right um, i love that yeah um so like you know is there are there plans to release the the ep like on cassette or seven inch or anything like that is anything like that happening or yeah we are we are uh in the process right now of getting some tapes made awesome. um so it's actually i don't i don't think he'll care we like say this ahead of time, but it's, um, uh, Jeremy from bad break records. He, he also like helped house Olympics with our seven inch and then also like some tapes and stuff. So we're working with him again to do like a, a run of tapes right now. So we should be getting those soon. So soft launch here on the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, like you mentioned that there'll be a show, uh, and you can't announce it yet, but there'll be, so there'll be like a show announcement before too long for the first show. Yeah. And the goal is probably to have the tapes by then. So that'll be like that. And, um, you're writing the, uh, LP as we speak. Um, is there, are, are there any other like bits of, bits of news? Like, um, 
is is entry about to do anything that you want to throw out there or no we're just also writing so yeah like maybe something in the fall but nothing really just taking our time over there <laughs> yeah yeah just like you're just feeling that pressure right now just like okay cool i gotta write like 15 20 sets of lyrics right now fantastic <laughs> uh, i mean i i'm like it's fine <laughs> it's, it's fine as you like rub your face into your hand fine <laughs> Um, well, that's awesome. Um, it's been really cool chatting with y'all. And like, if if it's not apparent, I really enjoy the EP. And um, I hope everybody uh, comes out to that show, grabs a tape, stuff like that. Um, of course, we'll let everybody know um, in the uh, show notes and stuff where to find that on Bandcamp if they haven't already. But um, it, are there other places that uh, people should follow y'all? Like... Um, do, do you want to just like plug your Instagram or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're most active just on our Instagram. It's literally just at lock slip. We got real lucky with that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we have like Facebook, Twitter as well. We're, we're also, <laughs> uh, we, we do have a TikTok uh, that I think we're going to let Nick use just so he can post all of his memes and shit on there to be determined on that. Um, <laughs> but Instagram is probably where we're the most active. Um, you know, the music is up on all the big streaming platforms, uh, just, you know, wherever people listen. So, but yeah, appreciate you so much for having us on this. And thank you for all the kind words about the EP. Like it, it, it really means a lot. And, and even just on a personal note, it's been nice just like getting to talk with you and like reconnect with you after so many years. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, um, it's really, it's really wild. Like sometimes when I'm like, has it really been like, seven years or something you know and it and it has you know because uh because time is funny especially when not such uh cool things have been happening in the world you know it makes time just like fly by you in this way in the where time. yeah at the time you're like it feels like an eternity but then the next thing you know it's like the way your trauma brain processes all that you're just like oh right um it's 2024 now that's what that's what's happening um uh -huh. but yeah it's been a real pleasure chatting with y'all um and um like we can just leave it at, at that if you want um but uh is there anything else like that we should chat about before we take off like or is, <laughs> say what shout out noah so oh definitely yeah recording. um yeah definitely shout out noah for his for his recording prowess um and and you know like other other bands like so noah has a couple other bands uh that we can like i can send you like the links to them as well he's in this like fun dancey noise punk band called mom and the mailman um also plays drums in this like uh glitchy kind of queer core band called decoy body um i also play in another band uh called auteur we're like kind of a metalcore band um i think that's all of our projects yeah <laughs> I have another one, but it's not really a thing yet, so. TBD. TBD. And that was my conversation with Sarah and TJ from Lockslip. Thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me. 
Thanks to all of y'all for listening wherever you are as well. Don't forget to stop by patreon.com slash human machine and check out what's going on. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>